more things to do. Man, when was the last time we, we talked about Puerto Rico at all or no? Puerto Rico? No. I was just in Puerto Rico for like a week. Did some change. Tight. <laughs> I think we briefly went over the fact that you were going. Now, what are, are we just shooting the shift there or are we going to be in Kensho? A little of both. Little both. So it's mostly just the three of us shooting the shit? Or? Yeah. So first question is going to be, so Kensho, how important do you think it is to throw your hands in the air? <laughs> <laughs> I get the conversation going. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Study Music Podcast, studymusicgroup.com. This week we got special guest Kensho Kuma in the building, San Francisco Bay Area MC, Oakland, California, all the way to Japan. So Elid and I are going to get into all sorts of different stuff with Kensho Kuma. Number two? Stay tuned. Three. I think it's number three. Three. Number three. Number three. Do you think Gablin listens to this podcast? <laughs> it's possible. He will now. Yeah, we'll mention to her that we can date drop for I'm not going to even lie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a crush on Gablin. I'm not going to even lie, man. It's just like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't need, like, a hook or something. It's just like... Everyone's spitting super hard. There's no scene like that here, though. There's no scene like that here, but in LA, that's what it is. It's like everybody's, and in some ways, it's you know self-destructive because, like you said, they can't get like a real. Like, well, I feel like the airliner, crap. the airliner is a good spot for that in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. A lot of people come out in the city, though. Dude, consistently, we're hitting 200 plus. You know, I, I almost don't want to leave. I'm leaving on Monday, Foz. For how long? Uh, five weeks, 42 days. Then I gotta come back for this job. I'm gonna be teaching teachers how to oh, teach math. Nice. That's some fucking shit. I was like, dude, yeah, like, I have no experience doing that, but alright. Best news <laughs> yeah, I've ever nice. seen. Yeah, because yeah, kids are repeating. No, I'm gonna miss them after a couple weeks, but yeah. like, you know. Well my point is this, Floss, like whether well, cutting back to hip hop, whether you're at a Pep Love show or a Rick Rock show, the audience gotta have them fucking hands up in there. You know. This, is, really this isn't a fucking poetry <laughs> reading, man. Uh, we want you throwing chairs and shit, man. Seriously, it's hip-hop. It's rock and roll. I was going to say, like, sometimes a gimmick is good, you know, if you can get, like, a good gimmick in your set, but it's not like... No, just, I feel like if you have a well-put-together set, <laughs> you can get, you can capture the, the audience, like... Like people, like people just do it automatically, kind of, if the energy yeah. is right. Sure. You're listening to the Study Music Podcast, studymusicgroup.com. This week we got special guest Kensho Kuma in the building, San Francisco Bay Area MC. You seen any movies, Kensho? I don't have a TV, man. I mean, you can go to Show the movies. Show that shit at the new parkway, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. really. Yo, know, it takes a whole lot of concentration and effort for me to dedicate two and a half hours of my life to a movie. Okay, but you probably watch TV shows in the regular, though. No. You didn't see The Avengers? <laughs> no. I still haven't seen the new Avengers movie. Oh, That's man. like top of my list, though. It's kind of out of control, but it's kind of a lot to take in. It's like... like okay. It's like, like you said, it's like two and a half hours and shit. And there's well, just like hella characters and hella different shit going on. It, you know, to keep it real, like, I mean, the last... I watched five minutes of game four 
at the at the Boom Boom Room with everyone else. Uh, oh yeah, Warriors World Champions. Yeah, and that was like, like yeah, and, it, it, and the, that's when the series got two uh, tied two to two. Shout out to the Golden State Warriors, but that that's the most amount of like TV media intake I've had in the last couple of months. Crazy. You didn't watch the game last night. I love hockey. <laughs> Yo, straight up, I was watching that Ex Machina movie while the game was going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I won't lie. I mean, good, good job, Warriors. Though it's great that Oakland pulled through. Nah, I was over at the at the Av with Poe, and it was a it was a shit show over yeah, there. Yeah. I <laughs> suck at being just a regular person. I wish I could eat press. I don't really go out. Games. I don't really go out to the bar that often to watch sports, but I don't know. even drink, dude. Or smoke weed. I'm, a, I'm like a weirdo. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to drink alcohol. It was more like to be in the presence of other people from your town when, when they win. Yeah. And it's kind of just, you know. Cats want to quarantine. That 10 minutes. And hopefully you, you come back to your car and it's not on fire, you know. Uh, cats want to quarantine me when I'm sipping O'Doul's and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did have this beer recently, though. It was called uh, Chimay. And it is, get this, it's made by Belgian monks in a oh, monastery. It's a Trappist, it's a Trappist beer, huh? yeah, yeah, in a monastery. And, like, they've been fun- they've been funding their whole, you know, whatever their whole thing is for, like, hundreds of years. That's awesome. Of making this special type of ale with the waters that flow there and shit. Yeah, one of my bartender homies out East Best drunk, drunk like strictly Trappist beers. It was the best. That was so annoying to me. But man. there's not like, a lot of them, right? Go, yeah, there's not. Like, that's supply. why it was so annoying. She'd like go out to the bar and buy this like $20 beer or something but they had on tap that was like the Trappist shit. You almost drink it like it's wine. It's like You almost drink it like it's wine, right? Because it just comes in a big much. bottle and like, you know, and then, it's like, uh, okay, I'll have a glass. Have a glass. Sour, are you into sour beers? I just tried one for the first time the other day. How was that? Yeah, it was all right okay. over at Townie. Um, Couldn't sit better myself. All right, so movies. That was it. <laughs> no one saw any movies. I just saw Avengers was overwhelming. Ex Machina. All right. I saw Ex Machina. It's actually the best sci-fi movie I've watched since Moon. Just saying, so because I was a big fan of Moon. So. All right. Just saying. Worth seeing, I suppose. Yeah. No media for you. Kind of show? Where have you been getting your entertainment lately? You been to any good shows? I went to the Jedi Mind Trick show last night at the Independent. Um, I thought it was a well put together show. Um, Return of the Cypher every Sunday night. Uh, Boom Boom Room has been going really strong. You guys have any especially dope guests over there recently? Man, we just celebrated our two year anniversary um, last Sunday and we had like a, a big showcase with 15 plus performers. Um, myself and Arug 2FS hosted it. It was, it was, yeah, it was lovely. And prior to the two-year anniversary, uh, San Francisco Black Film Festival premiered uh, *Legend in the Bay*, which is a Mac oh, Dre Mac documentary. Dre movie. So, Mac Dre's uh, mother was in the house. That's tight. And um, yeah, man, this nation was up in the building. So I was like, wow. So you did watch the the Mac Dre documentary, though? Yeah, yeah man, so I watched. How movies. was it? Um, it was well go. put together. I liked it. it. It was well put together. Um, I'm not a historian or anything, but I felt that a lot of information that was in the documentary, um, I already kind of knew, but it was still, you know, fun to watch it with everyone. Oh, so that's my media intake right there. That right, counts. right, right. That counts as a movie, a documentary. There we go. You're listening to the Study Music Podcast, studymusicgroup.com. 
This week we got special guest Kensho Kuma in the building. Real quick, I just wanted to take a minute to shout out the folks at All Brand Clothing. They hit us with a bag of ill hats. Been getting all sorts of compliments about my headwear lately. They got the L5 panels, so check them out, allattractive.com. You got any uh, shows you did recently that were uh, extra dope? Uh, two weeks ago, um, 2FS headlined the Boom Boom Room um, for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, capacities to something 250 60 whatever at the boom boom room and um, we cracked 300 so it was a really good um, nice. so you guys had some a uh, little bit of costume design going on for that well it's, it's not really a costume design it's like a ma traditional male kimono um, that Oruk picked up at Daiso, which is a dollar fifty <laughs> Japanese store, and yeah. we have a song called Ode to Debauchery, which is about you know just wilding out and having fun. So, you know, we traditionally wear those uh, male kimonos during Matsuri, Japanese festivals. So I was like, all right, dude, fine, if you want to do it, cool. That's tight. Yeah, man. What do you think about how uh, dressing dressing up kind of? was a thing in early hip-hop you know like run dmc would come out Man. matching the beastie boys would come out Man. matching tribe called quest would come out in matching jumpsuits or whatever you know what i mean and like man i love that shit cats don't really do that we gotta bring that anymore i love I, I love that shit i'm into fashion i mean i'm not a hipster or a fashionista or anything but like well it's like cats still care what they look like and they're like oh i gotta wear this i gotta wear that i got a show coming up i gotta get you know if you and Poe came out with like matching Fila suits, <laughs> that's dope, man. That's that. If you came out with like matching gear or like just outfits that complement one another, that's just part of the show. That's just raw. That's hip hop, man. It's weird though. I feel like almost like Doom has like made such a concentrated effort to maintain like an appearance as a hip hop icon that almost like choosing a costume now for a rapper is almost like biting Doom or something. Because he's like so uh, iconic with the outfit that it's like any other rapper that chooses an outfit is like copying that or something. Um, you know, like I don't know, it's just one one take on it. But I love MF Doom, man. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't as go as far as to say that if I choose, I mean, I go around with like a panda on a California flag, right? And I right. put that shit everywhere. But you know, to every rapper that has actually taken time to construct an image, I wouldn't say they're biting. Right. No, no, they're not biting. But like, well, I think Doom's mask thing was more so he could kind of like make the character more based in itself, not right. based on what he was as a person or his previous shit with like. Uh, KMD, you know, when he was mm -hmm. yeah. Sev Love X. He wanted to reinvent himself, for sure. Right, but not reinvent himself as himself. Just right. no, reinvent a rap career as this character mm -hmm. that he kind of plays. You that's know? what we really need is more characters in rap music. I think that's cool, but I just don't <laughs> think most people, I don't think most fans at this point, they're too casual of listeners. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna quote a San Francisco OG who's no longer around. He's still alive, but he's not in the scene anymore. Conceit, MC Conceit, ingenious producer and MC once mm -hmm. said, "Your image isn't bullshit if it if it isn't bullshit." Or he said something like that along the lines of that, and that's so true, man. It's just like okay, but like what? It's something you construct. I feel that, but when was the last time something new broke? Like um like doom or like deltron 3030 or like or like anything that's like not rooted in reality 
Not rooted in reality. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But no, no, no. Not, not based on some form of reality. You know what I mean? See, the thing is, there are always people doing that, but it's more like who has the spotlight. Like, Cool Keith still puts out albums. That's never rooted in reality. But he puts out like a million He does albums. those weird concept shits, but they're not like cultural phenomena. Right, they're not like cultural phenomena, though. See, that's the thing. It's like, we have to think about who is a cultural phenomenon. It's like, remember when he tried to bring back Dr. Octagon and it was no, just a total failure? See, it's it's not necessarily the wardrobe; it's it's the image. For example, like twenty minutes right, or ago, like the content or whatever. Right, twenty minutes ago, you said you know Zarface, the new Zarface is an amazing album, and I love. Right, uh, they don't it's, make them like that. Anymore. I love Inspector Deck, and I like Esoteric, so I want to check out that album. But if you look at that album cover right there, that's displayed on your speaker. That has they took time on that image right there which is I would say like what an old school there's 80s. an entire comic book there's right right there's a comic book right it's like it's like yeah. the Marvel flavor from like the, I would say yeah. the 80s so mm -hmm. if they somehow if and that's not rooted in reality but like if, if they somehow took that comic book and put it into their live show and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a wardrobe you know the fans will be like oh cool this is right. this is neat presentation you know right. even if it meant Inspector Deg wearing like I don't know a Marvel t-shirt it would actually make it would actually make sense time out comic books mm -hmm. and hip-hop why do i get like a weird <laughs> why do i have They're a weird out. aftertaste of that <laughs> huh i'm not gonna go there <laughs> but you exactly know what i'm talking about if you know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> yes we do yes we do so 2FS, you're talking about 2FS. What's yeah, the deal man. with 2FS? Oh, man, my twin brother, Rukusaki Kenshokuma. Man, the hottest DM crew in California, at least in my heart. We're putting the finishing touches on our album. I'm about, we're about to uh, go on a five-week, like, mini hiatus because I'm about to leave for a tour in Japan. I'm going to try to get in to some shows in Southeast Asia, but okay. we're gonna come back and, and, you know, put the finishing touches on the album, press up matching ninja suits, and crush <laughs> the game, man. It's just... So what's up with the album? What's it sounding like? Who are you guys working with? Man, uh, we're working with um, one of my uh, best friends in Japan. His name is Noah, and he's, he's one of the hardest. He's if you are a Japanese uh, hip hop head, he like your mixes went through Noah, you know. And another dude named Dcat who just got his single debuted on debuted on uh, OKPlayer.com. Cool. And in my opinion, he's he's one of the illest I've ever heard production wise. So Dcat and Noah are are our primary producers. So Noah is that the same guy Gibo is working with? Now, yeah, yeah, Gebo, Gebo, and Noah are both okay, from yeah. both from Osaka, man. Osaka's deep, but yeah, Gebo is. I'm sorry, Noah is like the central engineer slash producer for the Japanese hip hop scene. And I'm fortunately to have like five tracks from him. Tight. Nice. Are you guys just rapping back and forth to the neck, or you got any guest rappers on there? Just me and a root man. That's it. We got a one vocalist, Aisha Fukushima, who's who's dope. Uh, she's from this area, but um, that's it. We kept uh, guest features off. So how did you guys get linked up to begin with? I mean, you know, back in like the early 2000s, late 90s when we first started, we were in separate armies. He was in a group called Forensic Science. I was in a group called Hunters and Gatherers. We would always perform at the same showcases. I would always, you know, see him around, but we never 
kicked it, kicked it because we were from separate squadrons, and you know. Where were these kind of showcases happening at? Man, uh, all over Oakland, Berkeley, man. Um, the Places. Temple Bar on University, <laughs> the Blakes <laughs> on Telegraph. Oh yeah, uh, that was a good one. I miss Blakes. Two, two, two three, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that was that was later. <laughs> that was later. <laughs> that was 2010ish already. But two, two, three, two, MLK. I remember oh, that I don't spot. think these venues are no longer mm-hmm. around. Like, a bunch of, you know, smaller clubs, hole in the walls. Um, Studio Z. Where was that at? This was in San Francisco, across the street from Slim's. I remember doing a show with them there. La Pena, you know, that's still around. Mm-hmm. Big ups to uh, La Pena, but yeah. You know, and uh, we, we became, like, close friends as grown-ass men. So I was like, all right, we got our history alright let's make music now you know so what about what about before all that how'd you get how'd you get into becoming an artist man I heard um, only, only built for Cuban links I know that sounds kind of cliche from a person like me purple tape so what you're in high school middle school uh, 1995 it was just like wow this is this is I don't know what Clark's Wallabies are I'm not sure what dying them shits uh, Royal Navy Blue and the cream joints, I'm not sure what that meant when I was 15, but I was like, this is, this is, I, I don't know what it is, but this is, this is what I identify with. I smoked, I smoked weed back in high school, man. You know, I was a Snoop fan in 94, Chronic in 93, but it was, it was Wu-Tang that really did it for me. Like, this is it, this is it. This is it. And that feeling never really left. Yeah. You know. I kind of remember... 36 Chambers, one of my good buddies when I was younger was really into that album, but I didn't, that one didn't quite connect with me uh, until their, their solos and the and the second Wu-Tang record came out. Right. I wasn't really quite sold at first. I was like, what is this like abrasive, you know, just kind of like dirty <laughs> Well, the solo joints really did kind of establish them. Right. You know, like, that was... And then, like, Wu-Tang Forever kind of had, like, a bit of, like, a, like, just, not, like, cleaner, but more polished. It was more accessible. Wu-Tang Forever was 97. Um, Andrew the, uh, 36, uh, was, uh, back in 93. 93, right. And from a West Coast, you know, um, kid growing up in that era, you know, it was chronic and doggy style that was, that just had, like, a vice grip on the rap game. Right. You know, it was like, what is weed? I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, it was that was that was what it was when you were thirteen, fourteen. You know, getting ripped off for nickels and dimes. Like, well, we should get more. It was like, you know, but so it's completely understandable if thirty six didn't hit until like a later time. Right. But yeah, liquid swords and only built for Cuban links. I was like, wow, what is this sci-fi mafia samurai wallaby shit? I was like, wow, this is everything. Iron Man was always the one that was my favorite. Oh yeah, I Iron Man too. That was back, that's maybe to me one. Of, one of the best Wu-Tang That's when albums. I learned what Wallabies were, 96. I was like, all right, okay. Oh, so they're not talking about cake. It's their <laughs> shoes. You know, it was just like, but because cats didn't wear Wallabies, 95 in Berkeley, man. No, man. <laughs> they, they, we didn't wear Wallabies back then. I didn't know what they were. I remember there was one kid in my high school who had Wallabies, and he rocked those shits hella proudly, and like all of us were like, what the hell are those things? Yeah. So, yeah, man, it was like a regional difference, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You listen to the new Wu Tang? 
Um, yeah, man. Um, I got it on. I got it on my iTunes right now. I'm gonna open it up, but um, I'm really proud to say that you know what? It actually sounds like a rap record made by men in their mid to late forties. It's got it's like it sounds good. It sounds like a grown man record. I like it. It's good. I think they they could have done a little bit less. Just shaved off some parts and whittled it down a little bit. Yeah. This is the one with the city. Sorry, I'm gonna sound like a yeah, the, city the cityscape with the W yeah, and the yeah. clouds. A okay. better tomorrow. That was a little bit. A better tomorrow. You're right. No, no, no. That's. I mean, it's not a bad cover at all, in my opinion. But um, I was just trying to pinpoint what the last Wu Tang album was because they tomorrow. have so many side projects that right. it does. I do lose track of it. I mean, look at like. You see that Ghost already has another... Ghost has, like, like Avery four albums <laughs> since the Wu-Tang album. <laughs> know, and that was, seriously. like, six months ago. I was like, man... Man, yeah. Really, yeah, um, yeah I, I love Ghostface. He's probably always been one of my top three MCs, but... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. The uh, work he did with uh, Adrian Young... I don't really... I don't really care for that too um, much. Uh, kind of went over my head, man. Right, and they're like, coming out with the second one right now. Not yeah. to switch, not to switch the um, subject or anything, but this name appeared out of nowhere, or at least to me, Adrian Young, mm-hmm. and like all of the artists that I, you know, full-heartedly respect are just like, you know, influenced by him. And I was like, I don't. I'm sorry, dude. That's over my head. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I love Souls of Mischief. The Souls mm-hmm. of Mischief record they did with Adrian Young went over my head. I was like, this is supposed to be a high roll record. Why does it sound like this? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I just don't I think get it's a... more like an experimental rock record that happens to be in like the groove of hip hop is kind of how it sounds. But the drums are what... Uh, it just that's, that's the disconnect for me is the drums. And yeah. I feel like the rappers have to rap the way that most of them do on his stuff because of... Right, he's a, he's a soundtrack composer, right? So yeah, he no, no, he's a great, does, like, he's a great musician. I just kind of so feel like, kinda like, like the like the like the groove, uh, you know, the hip hop groove that makes you start nodding your head or whatever. Right, I'm not that sure that never happens on the no. Adrian Young. Right, right. right. So I'm, I'm my question is so so like they're interesting did, to listen to like a movie or something. Like listen right. to it once or twice. So how did this character almost appear overnight? In hip hop, or maybe I'm being ignorant by saying that. I think he scored the Boondocks he, and yeah, he scored he the Boondocks. I didn't he's know composed that. soundtracks. And Black I didn't Dynamite. Know was Black Dynamite was his. Was like, and, wow. uh, so he was, and he did that Venice Dawn. It was like a fake soundtrack thing that he scored. Mm-hmm. So it's like before he was doing any hip hop stuff, he'd scored a lot of different soundtracks. Stuff, he also but. produced a. Uh, Produced new Delphonics record. Okay. <laughs> yes, which I mean, by the Delphonics you mean the one guy. The one guy left living. There's like yeah. almost nobody in the Delphonics. No, without a doubt. Which is too bad. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the the drum, like the non boom bap style of his production, probably has to do with the soundtrack element. I mean, right. It's it's, it's kind of like. But I don't know. Like the Roots albums don't sound like that. <laughs> oh, Adrian Young uh, does a work Wait, with, um, because of the live band as well. element? Or? No, no, but they record live drums also. Right, 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 right. But uh, my, my question is uh, two things. Uh, how did he earn this position in hip-hop? And number two, is Ghostface and Souls of Mischief the most appropriate collaborators if he doesn't have that or understand that traditional boom-bass Scarab thing? from Living Legends is featured on the... the Second Ghostface and Adrian Young like three times. Really? Really? Uh-huh. I didn't. I, I haven't listened. She to know it. Excel. Shout out, shout it's out to not Scarab. out yet. 
Yeah, Scarab's on it three times. Uh-huh. Right. I think he's going to do a record with Adrian, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure, but... Cool. Yeah, we just uh, hosted his album release party, um, I think. Yeah, it was I think you were there. I missed that one. Yeah, okay, it's his new record sounds really good. I like mm-hmm. it. It's a... Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Afro Classics record, but a little bit more like... Uh, it's got a super polished sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like quite a few cuts on that. I like the hand. I like the handful of them a bunch. Um, I kind of preferred his older, more kind of simple based stuff. You know, like his track. He's got a few tracks with this one on. Uh, you're the, uh, you're the one of the legends enthusiasts. So. Yeah, I remember Heavenbound. Heavenbound was was good, real good. This portion of the music discussion is brought to you by Low His. Presenting the new EP 303, made entirely on an SP in Lyon, France. If you're a fan of Mad Lib, Pete Rock, DJ Premier, that sort of thing, you definitely need to check this record out. Low Hiss, EP 303, now playing wherever you like to get your music, it's there. What else is what else has been up? What have you been listening to, Evan? Uh, just recently, uh, like just yesterday, I picked up this group, Scratch Bandits Crew. Listen huh. to that. There's a like group out of Japan, or not Japan, uh, France, but they're signed to this dude, uh, Chinese Man's label. Yeah, my boy Lush making, One. Yeah, uh, yeah well, like Lush One. Show us Lush One. Um, and that was really good. It's got like a bunch of really weird features on it that are some are good, some are not so good. There's like Gavlin and Oblime me on one song. Yeah. It's like, uh, those, uh, Gavlin, you was hella fine. As <laughs> a Blitz the Ambassador on one song. Yeah. But what's cool about the album is that it's kind of a scratch. It has like a scratch feel to it. Like it's like two dudes on the cut, but then they're also doing like the production and stuff and sampling. But it's not a total scratch. Don't worry. It's not like a D Styles record. So even though I love that D Styles album, it's just right. like I can't really take like turntablist albums. Are like few and far between that I can really listen to from front to back, you know? Like, isn't that weird? Still... Turntablists are kind of like, for the most part, they're kind of like battle rappers. Yeah, like, yeah, it's weird. They, they struggle it's to connect to on it. You could be the best on stage, mm-hmm. and they struggle to like connect translate. when it comes to making. Yeah, like to translate into a full project. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say, like out of all the like turntable-y guys, like Kid Koala is probably the only one that. Well, has a, a catalog of a stuff catalog that's really cohesive so, and like he's got a good streak, you know. Mm-hmm. Like DJ Shadow's shit, some's great, some's really wishy washy. DJ Shadow really get his start as like a scratch person though, or I don't, I don't I mean, know. He was turntables and vinyl was his right. M- was his mo. But his uh, also his production skills have always been pretty high, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't know, man. He had that hyphy album that was questionable. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah no comment on that one. Very, very questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, have you been following? I don't, I don't know. It's kind of uh, related, like a little related, but have you been following Prefuse 73s? I like him. I, I haven't like been him. following his later album. But, but, but yeah, do you know he's so he's not signed to Worf Records anymore? What happened? He's with on. That? I don't Just know. He just up. Fell, well, he signed to this uh, temporary residence. Limited or something, but he also has his own record label where he puts like out that. other people's shit. Right? I, I really like that as a record label name. But the um, oh no, yeah, Temporary Residence is actually not his label. His his label is called Yellow Year Records, and that's like his like label that he puts out artists who he likes on it. But his selections for that label are weird. It's like 
all these like 80s groups that sound like straight like 80s dude, pop music speaking of that shit did you see yeah. that peanut butter wolf started a new label yeah i saw that Circle too star records the, and like all the artists on it are like hella weird yeah, just hella, hella weird, weird. Like, not hip-hop things at all yeah just, yeah totally. like i don't know do you I feel think, like he did that because um because it wasn't working out on stone's throw and the, yeah, the general consensus i feel like i feel like it's because public. too many people were complaining that stone's throw was putting out weird non-hip-hop things right you i think never they're really gonna try and come with back that. with more uh um, i think they're doing another uh Snoop Dogg and Dame Funk, and I think Guilty Simpson's right. supposed to be working on one with mm-hmm. uh, the Quakers. Quakers right. Because Mad Lib is no longer a cash cow for them, so, right? Uh, not the cash cow. Yeah, because, I mean, as Mad far as on, not... on paper, he's still an artist, but is he? they removed okay, a lot of, a lot of people like... got removed from their, like, artist roster and stuff. Oh, because I feel like the last couple of Mad Lib albums have been on Mad Lib's own label. So. Yeah. So, yep. and Pretty Gibbs were both on Mad Lib Invasion. Yeah. I feel like he's just not trying to mess with them anymore, but I don't know. I think he's on one of those uh, present the opportunity and we'll go from there right. kind of guys at this point. But I don't know. I think after all of them, like, see what the label manager or whatever has been doing for a decade, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I yeah. could start my own thing. Yeah. One less hand in the pot. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, definitely. So it's like Med has his own label now. Yeah, Madlib's got his own label. Mm-hmm. Oh no, and yeah, usually labels, you know, encourage artists to pursue that, that kind of stuff. You know, so. Yeah, I don't know. What else um, you been listening to, Kensho? Man, I like the new Jedi Mind Trick record. Um, you saw them the last ball. night. Yeah, I saw them last okay. night. Um, other shit. I like the new decap single called Feeling. I've been mm-hmm. nerding out to that heavy. And man, this is gonna sound weird from a hip hop head, but like this classical song that I heard at my school's graduation, at middle school graduation, <laughs> and it's I forgot the name of it. Let me get it. Is that were the kids playing it, or was it just playing in the background? Playing in the background, one of those like emotional piano uh-huh, songs, yeah. Nouveau Bianchi by Ludovico and uh-huh. Audi. I'm pretty sure I I, I butchered <laughs> I that name, it. but it was just like, oh my god, this is so choppable. <laughs> so choppable. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, just, wow, I've been just, it's one of those like you know, songs you put on in your car and you just talk to yourself, pretending you're giving a speech. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, you don't do that, but it was just. I'm sorry, I'm a weirdo. But, uh, <laughs> it's one of those songs, man. Those those three things are the things I'm listening to. And speaking of choppable, uh, I was just in Istanbul recently in Turkey, and I got some crazy, crazy, crazy. What you just 70s went for a week? Turkish shit. You just went for a week. Yeah, that's dope, dude. That's cool, yeah. man. I was just you didn't even tell me. Second time going, it's tight. Awesome. Yeah, hey, I always knew you were Turkish. Nah, my oh. brother-in-law's Turkish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, I got some crazy ass records over there. I got like a record store that I found the last time I was there. A dude who's like you know just held knowledgeable and like speaks good English and shit. Oh my god, Turkish women are beautiful. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But the tunes over there, man, back in the day, like the 70s shit, just like, they're like prog rock and like funk yeah. and shit is just like out of control. Very nice. choppable. Stay tuned for... Nice. The Istanbul EP. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was just in Puerto Rico for a week. Yeah, I was All that? I could, uh, well, it was pretty cool, but like, 
all I can show for it as far as the digging is concerned is I found one that, I mean, we were like way out in the middle of nowhere, like south of Rincon, so three hour drive from San Juan. That's tight, just out really in the cuts. Like, just like out in the cuts, well, like next to the beach, wherever. Yeah, cool. hell yeah. But um, found like one tiny DVD store that's just like, <laughs> like Blockbuster. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A rack of CDs. No, there was no CDs. No CDs? Just, just DVDs. So, like pretty standard shit. I can't remember the last time I bought a DVD. I still spend too much money on DVDs, but that's okay. a good thing. Well, um, I was thinking, I was thinking recently about like back in the day. You remember when you used to buy like music DVDs when those were a thing before YouTube was big? Are you talking I about like bought, rappers would buy, have DVDs? Like I the never bought. Report? Yeah, <laughs> I never did buy a music DVD. Really? I, th- I bought that that Project Blow documentary if that counts, but that was like no. Nah, I have to see that still. Or I should yeah, like I had like, like this one Living Legends DVD. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I had that. Zion, I, I, had Zion that. I had a DVD. Yeah. Right. That was actually a good Zion idea. There was a couple of like Cuddy Underground Hip Hop DVDs that I had. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird, Matt. Was just whenever I think. Sorry, we were talking about Boom Boom Room earlier. Yeah. Whenever I think of Boom Boom Room, I still think of that. Were you there that time when um, Aesop Rock canceled his show at the Fillmore? And so all of the uh, openers, it was like Dark Time Sunshine and uh, I think Edison and this new CrushCon 7 from Chicago uh-huh. were all supposed to open it, but then they had to cancel. So they were like looking for another venue to play. And I think that I hit you and Stu, or at least I hit Stu up about it because they like CrushCon 7 hit me up and was like, yo, Evan, do you have any like places where we can play like last minute? I said I was gonna give that the earpiece. I'm like, yo, earpiece can do it. Have <laughs> <laughs> to like drive all the way across the bay to do it. But yeah, they ended up playing at Boom Boom Room. Oh, that's dope, dude. Edison, do you remember that? Yeah. No, no, no. I don't remember that exactly. Oh, I don't know if you remember that, but no, you, dude, it was hilarious because so yeah, it was like Edison. I mean, they were killing it. It was like Edison and Dark Time Sunshine and shit. And they were getting the crowd pretty hype, and the crowd was there. It was like a blues night there, so the crowd was there for this like in-house blues band that they played like on the weekly or something right uh-huh. and what was great is that i remember that after all the rappers finished playing this like blues band gets up there and these dudes are old they must be like i, I mean not old old but like at least late mid 60s or like late 60s right, right? like super white hair like and they're they took so many cues from the rappers the only guys they like started being like throw your hands in the air oh, really like, during the blue set and like people were kind of did they have the rappers up there with them no they didn't oh. <laughs> they were just like they were like totally mimicking the rapper style that's I was like totally wow funny. that's pretty cool like that would have been tough if they <laughs> got up there and like yeah, they got up back to like a freestyle jam or something back or something yeah remember when every show used to end with the freestyle jam yeah. We gotta bring that back, man. We really do have to bring that, that back. That was like the best part of Yeah, because that like, was kinda like the hip hop lineup. It's like the exclusive bonus track. Right. Going to you stay all the way till like, the end, yeah. you see yeah, the yeah, sick yeah, shit. Yeah, we you gotta bring that back. Shit. We gotta bring that back. Yeah. Man, I seen some sick ciphers go down. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like dude, I seen one with right, saw one with uh Del Opio uh AC Alone, Abstract Rude, Mike and Nine, and Zion I, with Amp Live, yeah, doing live beats, <laughs> and that's when you you know the, those situations are when you can figure out like, they were like ah, underground who can, who can really freestyle, mm-hmm. who can really freestyle. I, I recently so, saw one with Fat Lip, mm-hmm. and 
Isn't it Dale. funny how a freestyle, quote unquote, is just some verse that's not part of a song that people know? Yeah. At this point. Pretty much. Right, right, right. But like, not to me, like, but to the yeah, average yeah, person who's like, like, you know, listening right, to like right, 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 right. Hot 97 or whatever it is. But yeah, can the artist actually rap about that cute girl in the baby blue sweatshirt in the front row that's way too drunk and puking on her? But can they actually rap about that shit in that moment, right. you know? That's when, that's when it's raw, yeah, it's, you know? You I know, love that some... shit. But I was listening to this yeah. one interview with KRS one time, and he was saying that like, like part of freestyling has always been premeditated like you got little bits and pieces tucked away oh yeah absolutely for certain situations yeah, you know what i mean that you can just sort of like access and then like fill in the blanks mm-hmm. with like your surroundings or whatever yeah. I, I respect that very much that he said that i think that's absolutely true you know which is why dudes like it's more impressive seeing someone like i don't know supernatural or icon the mike king or like astronautless or something who can really those guys have like freestyle gimmicks, you know. They like want so want to convince you. I mean, it's it's kind of a parlor trick in a way because it's like they've been doing it for so long. I probably have like a million verses backed up, but they still want to convince you that they're good at this shit. That they like really. Do. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with all the different gimmicks they do. Like Icon, the Mike King, Mike King blindfolds himself and has people pass him objects, and then he raps about the objects while he's blindfolded. <laughs> Like freestyling. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, shout out to Icon and Mikey. When I saw uh, Idea and Abilities one time at the Fillmore, and mm-hmm. um, Idea like was having people from each part of the crowd like yell out mm-hmm. uh, like a word. You know, he would right. go like pick a person, mm-hmm. be like, "All right, when it's your turn, you just yell a word to me." Mm-hmm. And like he picked a few people in the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. and then like started kicking a freestyle and then made it yeah, sort of like decided what it was going to be about by the crowd you know yeah, yeah, hey rest in peace idea yeah that fool was like a very very impressive he was one of the few people who I thought like okay he was rooted in battle rapping but mm-hmm. he translated well like that ENA record yeah. is because really fucking good yeah, but, you know, for the most part, he strayed away from battle rapping. That's why, on, the, on record anyway, right? I mean, about half he, like, the, knew, like... Half the tracks on there were kind of battle but the other half were very, like, dynamic. See, I always think dense. of him for, like, Firstborn or Many Faces of Oliver my, Hart. Those were always like those. secondary to me after I heard Ian. Really? The Many Faces of Oliver Hart was secondary? No, that one never clicked with me. Like you know what? I mean, such a good album. I remember him uh, saying on a, uh, on a record, I don't rap about battling i just do it and i was like oh that's that sums it up perfectly and his that was the only thing he mentioned on that specific record that i had by idea that was yeah, battle right. oriented interesting it's like yeah. a perceptive motherfucker though you know like right like even do you hear that atmosphere the song the last atmosphere album that's like a tribute to idea where he's like it's like slug rapping about idea like and how, how much he's mourning him but then he mentions in the verse that like idea would have hated the song like how much he would have hated it because of how cliched the track is because like that's like how outside the box they do once you know it's like really trying that wasn't the hugest thing you're listening to the study music podcast studymusicgroup.com this week we got special guest kencho kuma in the building san francisco bay area mc on the Ron Sayers roster that someone as, as talented as Brother Ali 
has always been like overshadowed by Slug. You know, it's just well, dude. The reason that Slug's in that position is because by going on atmosphere tours that are yeah. popular, right? The <laughs> other artists, the other artists, like that enables. Like, I don't think Rhymes Airs could operate as like the mammoth that it is without atmosphere constantly touring and being the yeah. draw for at least 50% of their tours that you go gotta out. give that to slug though like he really does support like right like independent he doesn't have to tour as much as he know, does like, like slug's gonna be okay and so shouts you know city too it's like it's really you're cool. absolutely right label dude, but, I just um, I just think brother Ali is brother Ali is super duper dope I think he deserves more credit like he doesn't life. he's not one of the people that needs but it is um, slug to bring people to the show. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've like looked at the Rhyme Series roster recently or not. But a lot of the more famous like, cats. Huh? A lot of the new new signings or whatever over the past couple uh-huh. of years have been artists that are established already. Like oh yeah, well like Aesop Rock, Dilated Peoples, Rock. Evidence. I guess okay. Well, they still have Aesop Rock and Hail Mary Mallon on there, so that's good. But I'm yeah, just like. Go. I, I just noticed that like a lot of the more experimental acts that were on the label like dropped off. It's like, Is DJ Ability still in there? I might. I think he's still on there in some capacity. But like you know, like I don't know, Grayskull dropped off. That was like one of the more like weird. Yeah. Sort of like it, that album kind of wasn't acts. super rhymesayersy, but it <laughs> could have been pretty popular. Yeah, I think I if they had issued it. Yeah, I mean, um, that's still sold pretty well too, but. Um, I'm thinking of who else. I just feel like I it's fake for like at the size where they can they can make as many of a record as there's demand for. Um, that goes through phases, you know. As right. I understand it. So yeah, <laughs> depends on what their monetary uh, how they're doing. Did you guys album. move a lot of the last Grey Skull at Amoeba? Oh uh, yeah, we moved a lot of that, but <laughs> we're not. You know, it's like moved a lot by our standards. You know, but we're—I don't know how yeah, it's all how we it's fit in the uh, how we fit in the national scheme of it, whether that's sold right. or overall. It's another thing. You know, who who so. distributed the record? Uh, it's um, no, it's uh, Red Eye Distribution. Oh, Red distributes Eye. their stuff, which is one of the bigger yeah. distributors to do like Warped Records and that stuff. So yeah, yeah they're gonna do it might as well. Right, it all out. I heard the well, it's. <laughs> I'll leave this podcast. I heard that there's a possibility that copyright might put out something through uh, not Fake Four, but Four Finger Distribution. Really? Which is the the distribution company. Yeah, I was kind of curious about how that would do. I mean, like, I haven't listened to copyright. Chief, <laughs> like, I haven't listened to it. Really copyright is. Yeah, he came through to ROTC, man. Just oh, two cool, months ago. Cool, yeah. yeah. Um, he raps really well. Yeah. That's. That's my comment. It's funny they actually know him through. I guess that dude uh, Coolsy is like really good homies with copyright. Been like friends for is that right? Yeah, for like over a decade or something. Like that. So that's how the best what the connection is. Cause yeah, I feel like copyright is best when it's like a rapping contest. <laughs> yeah, like right. he's good at like punchline stuff. I can't say I'm a huge fan of like his whole catalog or yeah. anything like that. Never been a copyright or a Cage person for that matter. To be real with you, uh, I like, though, like I like I can Cage's Def Jux stuff. I can respect Cage's Def Jux stuff, and I can respect uh, this, those singles that he put out like before Def Jux. Suicidal failure. Yeah, suicidal. <laughs> oh man! Or, like, I Orange. like some of his shit off I'm movies for the blind was yeah. good, but some of it was just a little bit like a lot. Uh-huh. to take in yeah. you know 
true. How do you name a vinyl single Suicidal Failure? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That's tight. Oh, you should have seen that. Uh, were you at the Cage and Sadistic show? I've room? never been to a Cage show. I was life. like... Suicidal Kids Central, man. I saw Cage at... Uh, <laughs> wow. Like, both of those acts were like so heavy. It was like... Dude, I saw Cage at the Middle East downstairs in Boston, and he killed it. It was right after his first Def Jux album came out, and that nice. shit was hella tight. Yeah, he did a good job with Elbowing, too. Yeah, what was he performing at this point? I mean, he does the whole... Goes through the whole catalog. Really. Obviously, he, he did some some stuff from the new... The, the last thing he put out. Oh, it's... You know, with the Eastern Conference records with the dog on the yeah, cover. Yeah, with the dog dragging the, dog the bloody cross or whatever. Alex Party did that cover, actually, oh, really? I think, right? Yeah, I think it's an Alex Party. Yeah, he did that uh, Deltron Event oh. 2 cover also. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Crap. It's crazy, right? I forgot that he did the, the art on that is really good. Huh. I haven't seen the inside of the uh-huh. Cage booklet, is it? I haven't, I haven't really heard No. Can't say I have. <laughs> What does that say about us as hip hop heads? Neither of us have seen the inside of the new Cage booklet. Well, it says that we didn't buy it. So what's up, Kencho? Who you been working with lately? Other than for the 2FS album, you been doing any cameos? You been doing any guest verses? Mixtape shits? No. Nothing, man. 2FS album completion videos. Uh, we did three songs with a, a producer from Zulu Nation called Ink One. Uh, those songs we're probably going to give out for free once everything is done, but yeah, man, we're really concentrating on getting this album done. When do you, if you were to guess, your best educated guess, when do you think the album might drop? I would say end of this year, but I think we can take even longer. You know, I want to do it right. Do you feel like there's ever like a... like a push and pull in your head of like man I could keep working on this I could keep like shaving away little little tiny pieces and bits and just making little you know fine twisting of the knob but absolutely it's like your right brain tells you that and your left brain tells you oh man I gotta get this out we gotta have some material out we've been performing the same you know what I mean like you do have to be careful with it because if you sit on a project for too long, it is important to perfect a project and spend a lot of time on it, don't get me wrong. But if you sit in it for too long, eventually you start working on something else and then that that previous project just takes like completely takes the wayside. Right. Before it you know it, it's just like you don't want to put it out anymore, you know? Well what do That's you think about though, like with like social media, mm-hmm. I feel like once you mention that a project exists and is like, you know, in, in the realm of like coming soon, quote unquote. I feel like then like the timer kind of starts then. Uh, Whereas before uh, it was just like, you know what I mean? Unless there was an article in a magazine about... <laughs> well, if you're talking your like MF Doom or something, then there's going to be a lot of timers with albums that are supposed to come out. Right. Like they're never going to come out, you know? It's just like, God, <laughs> sometimes I feel like it's just like, all right, you can be working on a project for like a year, but then it's just like, you got to shit or get off the pot. Because, yeah. like, it, cats' attention spans. It's like, how long are you going to spend on something that half the people listening 
they're only gonna you know yeah in one I, ear no, and right out I, the metaphorical other ear like i worry about it because like i don't know i've been waiting on like cecil otter's second album for a long ass time to do yeah. like doom tree because and the first one he spent like five or six years working on it and you mm-hmm. can kind of like tell because like it had a very unique sort of unified sound to it and stuff like that and you know, he like lost all the di- all the songs at one point with his hard drive. Had to like redo the whole thing and shit like that. But it seems like it's been at least like five or six years since that album came out. He still has said that he's working on Porcelain Revolver, his second thing, for like at least you know seven years now or something like that. How that, long did it take you to do your last album, Control? My last album. I'm gonna take it back before that. The second album. I got three. Second album, Project Life Force. It took me four and a half years. And I spent way too much time on that. The left brain, light, right brain thing. The title track went through 14 mixes. It should not go through 14 so, mixes. Okay, go I back to the beginning of working on that. Like, what's mm-hmm. the process? What do you mean? And why did it, what, what were you doing that whole time? Was it like you got the beats and then you took, uh, you know, months and months and months to write the songs and then recorded them all? Because or you were I'm recording one by one? or. I record them one by one, mix them one by one with my engineer, but I'm a perfectionist, man. It's you write somewhere outside right. the studio? What? You write somewhere outside the studio? Oh, absolutely. I've never been in a studio in my life. I can't do that. I can't go to the, I can't go to the studio and make a mixtape. I've never been that guy. But, um, yeah. At some, you know, I think it's important to say at some point, you know, in, in my third album, I did in a year and a half, two years, and it, that was the one that was most successful, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just that, you know, after 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 mix two or three or four, the, the, it's done. If it gets to mix four, it's done. You know. Do you have you been working with that. the same engineer the whole time, or uh, for those albums, I work with the same engineer. Yeah. You kind of got the creative groove together, maybe, and yeah. was able to turn the gears right. a little bit faster. Isn't it kind of funny how sometimes when artists like spend a really long time working on something where they're like, this is going to be like my masterpiece album and it just ends up being all right. But then like when they just crank out an album in like three months, it's just like natural, comes out naturally with someone. It actually sometimes sounds better. Right. Like it's like, I mean, it's kind of luck of the draw. I know some people are good at perfecting things like that and some people are just good at like putting it out naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes, yeah, it's better to just go with the flow of it. Like, right. It come out naturally, you know? If detox really does exist... <laughs> I heard that it doesn't exist anymore. Sure, if, but, but if it ever did... But there's supposed to be a soundtrack of original music to the NWA right. movie. But if it ever did exist, and if we heard it right now as hip-hop fans, you know, in this incomplete form, I think we would be blown would away. Be, yeah. You know? So, it, it's just that... Um, but what if we weren't though? What if they were all pop songs that were guaranteed geared to be hits in the moment? And two thousand five doesn't sound like two thousand fifteen. I mean, it's Dr. Dre, man. One of the best to ever do it besides premiere and hip hop. So it's just like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just you got to know from experience, like you know, what this is enough. This is enough. Sitting on the pot, I have to actually take a dump now. It's just like this is it. You know, that's not the most beautiful analogy, but it's just, it's a gut feeling as opposed to something, you know, you cognitively hear through your ears and process in your head, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so it only comes with experience. It's a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. But definitely you want to you wanna take your time with projects, you know. Like, that's, that's why the mixtape game got ruined because cats would just go in, smoke a blunt, record a whole mixtape, and it's just like garbage. 
Yeah. It got McDonaldized. <laughs> you know. That's why no one cares. Nah, about I kind of think the internet games. killed the mixtape game when that there weren't well. actually mixtapes anymore. Right. It was just. And I don't feel like mixtapes were huge on the West Coast ever really either. Maybe um, in LA more, but like. There was definitely a period of. I feel like they just weren't tapes. called mixtapes. Mm-hmm. It was an album. But I don't know Gus about just West. called it an album. It is kind of like it sold it on the streets. I just remember of that like Lil Wayne mixtapes used to be super hot. Were they? Yeah, yeah. Those were like everyone would be like flocking. But that was before talking like pre the Carter, like when the Carter was going to come out or something like that. Like I remember like when I was young, going to New York and you go to the flea market uh-huh. and the motherfucker at the mixtape stand. He, they have like early early leaks of albums and like just like yeah. all all sorts of stuff like just kind <laughs> of before really cool. before the like before like streaming yes. you know kind of happened streaming or whatever is, if there's anything it's like yeah when it took you 20 minutes to download an mp3 like yeah. you know that was still kind of cool for like discovering yeah. things you never heard of but mm-hmm. it was like it was still exciting to go and like find some some shit I don't know just when mixtapes had like exclusives you know there's no mm-hmm. such thing as a fucking exclusive anymore no. you know what I mean it's like there's Dang. a share button attached to everything it's not exclusive the second it becomes public mm-hmm. my favorite albums in the mid 2000s were the Saigon mixtapes really yeah man he spit what do you think about how his album finally came together and then it was just like a, one of those things that was just <laughs> talked about for so long and then it finally <laughs> yeah, you know it wasn't it's that like, oh this is album. just blaze's dude right here this is the guy that just blaze believes in out of it all the guys it wasn't that great of an album it wasn't mixed right the vocals were too low mm-hmm. i liked his mixtape so much more and he just kind of disappeared after that you know, we even corresponded a couple of times on MySpace because I was such a big fan. Really? Yeah, MySpace. Remember MySpace? Right. <laughs> Do you remember when they tried to relaunch MySpace? Wow. And, like, Justin Timberlake invested, like, dumbass money in it and it failed. Wow. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, I was never on MySpace. I remember MySpace, but I was never, like, never had an account. That was with Tom, though, right? Yeah. Tom. Like, Tom, Tom was, like... Yeah. Tom was everyone's homie. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tom was everyone's homie. I wonder who Tom really was in real life. (laughs) How do you know Tom even exists? Yeah, it's probably fictional now. I mean, but who was the picture of? Some dude. His name was really like Frank or something? It could have been Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so anything anything else happening in the... In the near future, are you working on your own stuff? You doing any no any solo or two FS shows coming up? Um, I got shows coming up, many shows coming up. I got three shows coming up. In so what do you and uh, what do you Japan. got locally, and what do you got? Where, what cities are you hitting on tour? Um, I'm leaving in four days. Actually, I'm getting nervous now that I think about it. Um, I'm performing in Akasaka, Tokyo, on the twenty seventh. Um, Osaka on the 4th and 5th of July, then I fly to China to a city called Chengdu where one of my best friends is. I used to live there too and we're going to go around a little bit, Um, do a couple shows out there, fly fly to Thailand and fly back here on the 5th of August and um, I work with an organization, a non-profit organization called Hip Hop for Change and we will be setting up shows uh, end, end of August hopefully. And uh, ROTC as usual. Um, take it from there, man. Videos dropping for 2FS. 
Right on. Where where do people go to keep up with you? KenshoKuma.com. And is that updated regularly, or should people check for you on like Instagram or Twitter or something like that? I mean, I do Instagram, but um, not the biggest fan of Instagram. And are I have you just fun with it? But um, yeah, KenshoKuma.com. The blogs are updated regularly. Um, yeah, free music. My first two albums are there for free download. If you look up in the blog spot, yeah. And rappers are lying if they don't find Gavlin attractive. Like, wow, dude, she could actually rap too. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's on the the homie uh, DJ Hoppa's label on Broken oh. Complex. Oh my god, dude, is DJ Hoppa mess with Broken Complex anymore or no? It's his label. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he's mostly just doing the. No, he has an album coming out, Hoppa and Friends on Funk Volume. Right. He's the DJ funk for all volume. those right. cats. That's what. That's the thing. He's mostly doing the Funk Volume stuff, right? With, Yo, most, saw, with most of his time, yeah. There's another. He has like a label manager. That I noticed that uh, the Dizzy Wright is like blowing up randomly. Yeah, like everyone's asking for Dizzy Wright. Funk volumes. Yeah. Like, Snow the product. <laughs> She's dope. Yeah, she man, is dope. Snow the product is hella fun. You heard too. that track with uh, her and uh, oh, man, I want to say like Twista and no, it's not Twista. It's Tech Nine. Is it Tech Nine? Yeah. She has another one also with um. Not with Royce, but with like uh, Crooked Eye. I'm sure she held her own even Dude, with Crooked. She fucking destroys that shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you can hold, I mean, uh, you know, you know, I, I mean, shit. I'm gonna say this out loud and proud, like independent, like female MCs that can actually that are actually dope, on not because they're female, because they're dope. Like wow, dude, you got a special place in my heart. You could never compete with these like ordinary girls that are not. So here's a question. What's up? You cut me off, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah, man. Yeah. Like you, you, regular girls can't compete. I mean, like you know. Uh, um, dude, you gotta hear this one though. Okay. This shit is. Well, no, let Evan let Evan you know, say that. I was gonna say so if there was like a cute female rapper who can't spit, would you holler at that or no? Would I holler at that as like a <laughs> yeah. guy? Yeah, sure, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, Why cool. not? Cool, cool. So but it's not like a huge turnoff for you or anything. Would you marry her though? <laughs> that's see, that's a different question. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> because like dating and marriage are like two separate things. My mommy and daddy are like you know fortunately still together. So I mean, I that's like a sacred thing. Does so your I, dad appreciate your mom's rap skills? Um. <laughs> No, my dad's not a rapper, but it's just, I'm sure if he was, it would it would mean some kind of it would mean it would have some kind of substance, right? Maybe I'm not mature enough to understand that. But it's just <laughs> yo, G Raps uh, G Raps uh, wife, I think his name is Ma Baker or Barker or something, and she raps. Really? Uh, I was like, dude, that is that is so respectable. Cool dude. Ma rap. It was crazy. like it was like that is that is so. That's raw, dude. This crooked eye, though. Crooked eye and snow the product. Yeah, I'm 
She's raw. It's like, it's like, how does like Iggy Azalea exist? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> exactly. Like, like how? I don't understand. Exactly. Like smell the product. She's kind of fine too. Dude, smell the product is hella fine. And she could rap good. Right, and that's that's why they have a special place in my heart. But why doesn't she have a special place on like the radio and like TV and shit? Because the radio's fake. Ooh, he said it. He said it. No. Well, I where can that, where can people hear this podcast? At studymusicgroup.com, at soundcloud.com slash studymusicgroup, right. at Elit's Twitter, at <laughs> Elit Facebook, at have Fox ever, Facebook. Have we ever really been on for one hour, really? Yeah. Oh my. Probably going to be edited down to like 30 minutes or something. Oh, that's dope, man. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> shout outs to uh, Citizen, shout outs to Evan from Amoeba. Thank you for having your boy. Yep. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I gotta do the obligatory plug of things that are happening without my personal bias about how great or not great they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, about what? Uh, just different things that are coming through the uh, the study music pipeline. Okay. Um, so Poe just dropped a new single. That's called Slash and Burn. Dope. Um, so that's out on Spotify and stuff. Uh, Subject Jazz just dropped a new one. Um, G's featured on there. That's on Spotify and SoundCloud and Shout stuff too. Shout out to G. Um, what else is out? Low Hiss record just dropped. That's called EP303 Super Fresh. All made on an SP. Fly Cobb and One Word. They got new stuff out too. Um, so check for that. And, oh, uh, One Word's on study? Some instrumental stuff. He's got a series oh, yeah, called um, a series called Axiomatic, which is sort of it's like a mishmash of uh, like hip hop, electronic, reggae, a little yeah. bit of rocky stuff. And, yeah, one um, words, my man. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we put out a few singles so far, and we got some more stuff coming up, and we're gonna try and do a, a handful of little EPs and keep it pushing for you know as long as we can keep it pushing for. Awesome, so uh, be sure to leave a comment and holler and like and follow and um, you know give a shout out to Kensho Kuma at Kensho Kuma KenshoKuma.com this has been episode number two. we don't really know I guess it's two I guess it's three two right, and one more thing um, if you have if you and if any of the listeners have like friends and family in uh, Tokyo Osaka China or Thailand yeah tell them I'll be in your neck of the woods and to come out to the shows thank you Kencho Kuma Asian Tour 2015 starting this summer holler at him KenchoKuma.com a handful of rappers you never happen to hear of stand in the mirror stare at themselves in a glass with a fear of being disliked that's what separates me from these kids like I just might not ever hate those dissing me for ripping the mic in this life the next one is a blessing whatever form it comes in these records are intended directly for your discovering what is really up with someone young as me seeming it so push someone is frequently filtered to speak in this bold as big oh you never heard of me before but should know that I could murder anything I didn't deem as pertinent to my life in a witch mode you find I'm in in this moment in time I'm in a Switch over the piss, sick of shit, broke and sober, angry, quit loaded, verbal bullet, magazine mode until it had to be told. You're a battle for the kids, yo. Batteries never included. I'll be worthy assassin, man, and you'll be Kennedy Jr. Bye. Verbal bullet, verbal bullet, ripping a mic, go. Verbal bullet, verbal bullet, ripping a mic, go. My flow's thorough. You at my show saying, yo, where my girl go? Straight up. 
to the masses, I'm no one but to the people that know I'm an honorable prince with a lethal rap flow Never get second guess cause my ego at shows Isn't bigger than my skills and this evil jet goes Wherever he invited get an instant fans Rock my fauna clothing mindset, friends out in Japan While you back home looking suspect on Instagram While we cook in our kitchen, Fuck up your dinner plans yep. You never been a man, just a follower And the stars that you worship corrupting all of us But the local scene trust, who must global street buzz And the whole bay appreciate the overseas love Though your boys seem hella down to earth and humble Cause the walking God fight and live the words of Sun Tzu Never get it twisted, cause the urge to punk you Gets greater every time I hear a verse that's untrue Lethal rap flow Verbal bullet, verbal bullet, ripping a mic Go Lethal rap flow Verbal bullet, verbal bullet, ripping a mic Go My flow's thorough You at my show saying, yo, where my girl go? 